Hey guys, I don't it know what is to say about the intro. Scotch for dummies on a Thursday night Woo, with three dummies. Three up, dummies. I don't know what will. We're Scotch for dummies with three in tonight. Scotch three dummies and an expert is who will be on in a little that bit. Is true. So, <laughs> he's not. There'll be dummy. four of us, but one of them's not. One's yeah, not a dummy. Yeah. Right. All right. But. Cheers to you guys. Happy Thursday. And true, I love Cheers. the intro, dude. It always Thanks, just gets man. me excited to get started on the show. Ready, it does. Right? It really does. It sets, um, sets a mood. It does set the mood. We start every Thursday night with our patron pre-show, so we're already kind of in a good mood about yeah. things, you know, have good conversations. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's blowing up. Andrew's beeper's already going off. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I, it's got a page. I got to go check it out. <laughs> there might be people watching that don't know what that is. Um you can actually be old enough to drink and not know what that is. Yeah, nowadays. Not a pager, yeah. uh, anyway, happy Thursday night. I We probably have a bunch of people on. We'll get to that in just a hot second. Let's talk about the, the agenda real quick. Let's do some. We've got uh, a packed one, so we're going to have to hit it pretty quick. Uh, first, we want to get into last week's uh, review that was yep. um, published. So we actually published a review. What? Holy cow, we do that anymore? When did we do that? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, so we're going to talk about this American single malt. It's actually the first American single malt that we've officially reviewed. Official. Um, and that plays right into the topic of tonight, which is American single malt versus scotch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sort of a compare and kind contrast. Kind of a compare and contrast with uh, someone we thought knows a little bit about whiskey in general. Oh, my gosh. So, right. So we brought him on to talk about that. But before we get into that topic, we got to get caught up with him because that guy has oh been busy. He took the good friend of the show, the virtual COVID lifestyle and just ran with it and made himself into a, a juggernaut. The guy's yep. he's like legitimate now. He's bona fide. Bona fide. <laughs> bona fide. Um, but I want to say hi to see who else yeah. here real quick. quick and uh, welcome, there. everybody. Half of them are probably on the pre-show. Mark J. G. Paul, Steve, Malt Minion. Good I to see you. Ahoy. Saying hi. I love it. Yeah. So many good people. Yeah. Say hi to, if you're online and, and want to talk to the rest, talk to the chat. It's great because there's lots of good people out there. So Peter's Super saying Bowl. Super Bowl traffic's nuts already, huh? Wow. Really? And there it goes. Man. Maybe we it's have to LA, ask everybody to see who's going to win this game. Is it so, yeah. SoFi Stadium? Is that where it is? I, I mean, really uh, in Kansas City. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a pretty damn good game. Yeah. I, if you read through TikTok, you know the this playbook's already been scripted. Oh, they know course. who's gonna win, and you know, Give me a break. whatever. Yep. Um, Although that one Kansas City game was kind of suspicious. <laughs> weird. Yeah. I see Steve and and Mount Minnie and Jeff's here. These are all patrons that were on the pre-show. Stephen Richard. Stephen Richard. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. Uh, Gariana number six, local total. Oh, well, great. then I guess there you're you go. we're gonna get into that bottle oh, yeah. here in about five minutes. Oh, yeah, yep. absolutely. All right, there's Trooper. Oh, my gosh. So, get yeah, Cody, we saw we saw your email. Uh, we'll take care of that, we'll figure it out for you, my yep, friend. We got some work to do. Andrew's all over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. This is gonna be a show to remember. Uh, I tell you what, um. Gosh, we yeah, got a lot good, of good people here. Yeah, I'm like, I can't even get, in, yeah. I can't even get through them all. But yeah, we we got a great show. I'm excited to talk about everything, and mostly just to see Dan again and to catch up. The guy has so much knowledge, knowledge and wisdom. Um, and I'll tell you, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but you know, we've been doing podcasts for a few years now, right? And we've got some episodes out there. He's our number one podcast on our on our list. Like, yeah, he's top he, of the charts. He's the one, yeah, he's the one that gives us the most views. To well, well, I don't think well, he even knows that. Well, that's why we had to bring him on. Down well, there, and we if more. you've never had a chance to see him talk and, and present, yeah. you're you're really missing out because he is definitely passionate about it and knows the topic. He's not. Yeah. He's he's never winging it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so let's talk about the review that yeah, you, you released, one. Drew. This was the first one you've had to actually edit in a long time. Oh, yeah. Right. Let me put the dram cam and take a quick look at it real so, quick. Here's yep. the bottle. Dun, 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 dun. Westland. It's the um the Gariana the no- outpost range. It's the Gariana number six, which I believe is pretty much for all intents and purposes sold out. Yeah, you can't um, get it. I think well, the released number seven. So yeah, yeah, seven is knocking on the door. But obviously six is still available well, in some yeah, markets. You found because it. Somebody found it. But um I'm going to pour one glass if you guys want to nose it while we yeah. talk about it a little bit. I I didn't take a chance to look and see what the comments said about the, the the video. It's been so long since we put one out. Normally, I try to go through the comments real quick to see how, how it was received and see what people were saying. You know, I, I think it's... We've got some good good comments, you know, typical crazy comments as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think because the one thing I like about this, this bottle... Um, not knowing uh, the Gariana series, it's new to us, new to single malts. I think that the unique use of oak is 
always intriguing. And I think that is going to be the most interesting part of going through American single malts is the cask selection and um, styling because there's so much with that. And we've seen it in scotch. The, the scotch world has really, that's what I think makes it most unique or can you be most unique? That's what makes scotch unique is they, their cask ability is really cool. Um, and I think the engine, American ingenuity is hitting the casks in American single malt and taking it to the next level because they don't have quite the restrictions. They don't have as many restrictions. Yeah. More access to different types of wood that they can get away yeah. with right now. Um, and we talked about it offline before the show. You're right. It, you don't have as much flexibility when it comes to the mash bill because it's single it's malt. Single malt. It's so <laughs> you don't. You're, you're, so we're, it's still yet to be seen about how much the different the different types of barley you run will affect. But we'll we'll get into that later in the year. Right. So when we got into this one, this being our first American single malt review. Um, I had mixed emotions. I, I, I tried to come in without a high expectation, but I think they, this is a good whiskey. It, it's pretty good. I was very pleasantly surprised. I, I enjoyed it and it, it makes me excited for what else is out there. Now, since then we've, we've sampled a couple of other ones and there's the, it, the bars raising, right? It's like, uh Oh, this is getting really good, but I, I enjoyed this and I'm, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we started with this because they're definitely reputable. They're definitely up. Uh, there's yeah. some smaller ones out there that I think <clears throat> maybe hit or miss. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. I, I think that the palette on that is, is rich and, and sweet and very nice. I, I think um, the, the nose, when I first just noticed it was a little bit, uh, a little bit weak, but I think the palate just blows up on it. So, and you just poured it. So it may need a little bit of time mm -hmm. to air out. Um, I, th I think that's really nice that what they can do with that. And then this, this one, so from the Gariana series, this one is probably less Gariana, Gariana Oak than many because they did a, a blend of a bunch of different, um, Calvados and uh, sherries and things okay. in there. So I think the interesting thing too, you asked about the comments and um, you know, this is a new thing for us. We're getting into it. We're kind of learning this new journey again, but I think so is a lot of people because a lot of people we've had a couple of people say like, yeah, I, you know, I'm so excited to try this American single malt craze too. It's kind of a new thing. And then some, one guy will say, yeah, I've had that one. And then everybody else is like, Oh, what is this stuff? You know? So there's a, there's a lot of unknowns. I think that we're seeing so far, we're still early in the whole process. I think our, our viewers are too, to be fair. Yep. So one of the questions I think I want to be, um, say it so I don't forget to ask, but you know, as we're just dabbling into this American single malt thing, I want to see uh, Dan's perspective from the Scotland side. Uh, are, are the Scots excited about American single? Cause I mean, let's be honest with <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, They're excited about the bourbons. You know, when we talk to some of our, our patrons and subscribers that are over the pond, they're, they're dying to get their hand on a particular bourbon so. um, that, it, I'm not going to say it's readily available here, but we can get, you know, it's, it's the difference between the, you know, yeah. the import, I guess. Location, location. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there's some interest. I mean, they're not, they're not stupid. They know it's here and it's a, it's a opportunity and potential market share, but it's also good for competition. And from what I understand too, it seems like there's lots of whiskey being made over there and stored right now. So we, I think, I don't think they're concerned with anything. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I hope they're not worried about it because I'm always going to buy scotch. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's our number one love, right? Yep. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited uh, for this year, honestly, to kind of grow and learn. I, I definitely don't know much about American single malt. I'm looking forward to learning more. My first taste on it, I had, it was definitely a, a, a spice note, but there's definitely a, a, a burnt chocolate, maybe a coffee note on the finish for me right now with it. Because um, I think they did use some chocolate malt in there, which is something no, that, definitely which is something you typically don't see in Scotch, except for one distillery mm -hmm. that huh. we know has chocolate mm. malt in one of their. I don't which know which one would that be. Maybe we'll ask Dan if he knows. We'll see if he knows. <laughs> he might. There may be something out there, that right? That. So, uh, but you know what? Let's go over the stats real quick before we put it away. Um, Westland Garyana number six, fifty percent ABV. Um, I forget the price point on it already. 150, I think. Yeah, it was it's not high. Cheap. Yeah, that's probably the biggest complaint that yeah. we're seeing is I, it's expensive. I think that might be in part because of the wood, because if you look at where they pull this this particular uh you strain, can't get it. It's, yeah. it's yeah. very small in yeah. the upper northwest, and, and right? The, and the current range of this wood is even less than it ever was, so it's tough. 
right? I was a little shocked that it was a screw off. I know, I know. <laughs> okay, well, you don't, that way you're not going to break the cork. I'm sure, All right, right? They don't have to worry about cork. You know? yeah. Bad, bad um, cork. But, but it, def right. it definitely is um, Scotch for dummies approved at this point. Yep. Yeah, I, that's a good one to start with. I think. I think if we go. at least got a base hit on that one, we didn't strike out. Right. <laughs> so I guess segueing out. I mean, so you know, we're getting into the SM, if you will, and, and understanding it, and it's a single malt Scotch. But what's the big key differences like is there some other things that come to mind other than distilling or, yeah you know, so I, yeah i was doing some work on this today so we'll let's uh talk to our guest a little bit get get a little background on him and then we'll maybe uh see what's going with that yeah i want to catch up with dan first yeah i want to see what's right. been going on in dan's world man well you know the the, the audience is ready for it dan, right everybody's here to see dan trust me so the, let's uh, all right so joining us tonight from <laughs> his office in the midwest of the united states <laughs> We think he, he actually may be on location. We, we didn't verify. Husker. We didn't verify He's that before now, but welcome Dan Crowell. Hey, Warren hey. G. Thanks fellas. All right. So Omaha, Nebraska, just to, to establish. Well, we don't want to location. give your location away. Someone might. Come I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh, that's true. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in the Midwest. That's a better one. Uh, I think you, you've done well there. Uh, <laughs> man, it's a pleasure. And uh, let me just say, Boy, that intro is happening. I, I, I my blood was up as well. I, I pulled <laughs> like, uh, it. Drink some scotch. It was yeah, really was well done. Scotch, but Thank you. Very it's cool. It's been a while since we've actually even just talked to you, uh, let alone seen you. So, I mean, I we we see what's going on in your world from a, a social media perspective, right? Yeah, for sure. You've been busy. You've um you've been to Scotland at least once, and I know maybe probably twice. I think you were over there with your wife one time. I saw on Facebook. Was, you, you've yeah. been busy, uh, but you also weren't just there for pleasure. You were actually like getting bona fide and getting some certificates and <laughs> like, taking tests. And oh right. my goodness, and you're the real deal. Talk to well, us. Well, yeah. So um, uh, all of that happened. Actually, 2022 was um, the highest saturation of Scotland visits. Uh, that I've had in in my career so far, I was there five times uh, over the course of 2022 wow. uh, for a number of different reasons. Uh, a colleague and I were um, uh, honored uh, to be the first two uh, guest distillers invited to join Dr. Bill at the uh, at the Lighthouse uh, Distillery at Glamorgy. So we uh, nice. we we laid down some uh, intensely weird stuff that won't see the light of day for years. Um, uh, I'm very excited to see where that goes. Uh, I sat for the, uh, the master scotch exam. So I was in the inaugural class, uh, the council of whiskey masters inaugural cl uh, class for the master scotch exam, which was uh, a hell of an experience. I got to spend a few days with Charlie McLean and some other, uh, uh offering, uh, some other real luminaries in the industry. Uh, and that was, um, stressful as hell. Uh, I still have some, PTSD elements associated with that experience. Uh, but that was nice. Uh, my wife and I got to spend a week on Sky, which was uh, absolutely incredible. Yeah. I'd been, people have been telling me, you know, I was like, ah, I've been in most places in Scotland. How different can it be? Uh, and everybody that I'd sort of uh, asked that question to from Scotland was like, you won't believe what you're seeing. Oh, and when we got there it was true uh it's it is a hiker's mecca uh and for really 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 good reason it is mm. a stunning landscape from top to bottom uh mm. if you get a chance as part of the uh dummies on tour thing if you if you can go out there because you've got now you got tori vega and and talisker that would be mm -hmm. reasons to be there uh, so uh do it you will not be disappointed it's difficult uh, when you get like Talisker, is in Carboston, uh, that's it's fairly remote, and the 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 roads are not great. And there are a lot of them are single track with the turnouts and stuff, uh, so a, a a bus may not be. But you don't have to take ferry. There's a bridge over the sky, so you don't necessarily oh, have to nice. rely on on uh, ferry travel or anything like that. Uh, so uh, Sky was a real eye opener for me, uh, and uh, I'm I am glad that the exam is over. I'm glad that I was successful uh in my pursuit of that experience <laughs> it, uh, it was yeah it was three days um uh, two days of, of testing three days of sort of being there uh with the group uh the um uh, my classmates were all really wonderful people and the and the judging crew uh was fantastic um they're sitting the second 
uh, exam, the, the second uh, master scotch and the first master bourbon exam in Kentucky in April. Uh, and then by 2024, they will sit for the first master whiskey exam, uh, which is yet to be written. Uh, but it's it's an exciting time. The, uh, the Council of Whiskey Masters is doing some really good work. Uh, there's uh, the, the Edinburgh Whiskey Academy is, is doing yep. some fantastic stuff as well. Uh, so in terms of education certification, uh, the furthering of one's understanding of these uh, various categories, uh, the, it's a golden age right now uh, and definitely worth diving in at the, at the deepest possible end that you can. Wow. Was the exam study. just written or was there a, uh, a sort of like a sm uh, tasting and nosing part of the exam as well? It's three parts. Um, uh, the written exam uh, was part of it, yes. Uh, the the oral exam and the blind tasting were the the truly daunting elements. Um, that would be stressful as shit. I know, the, right? We need to send Doctor Scotch to that. Ooh, okay, the yeah. blind tasting was uh, was really something else because you had twenty four distilleries that you could possibly have uh, the whiskeys pulled from, and oh. so you needed to have your uh, shit together, for lack of a better word. Uh, <laughs> Distilleries, their 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 fundamental flavor characteristics for the flagship expressions, uh, production specifics from each distillery uh, region, obviously. But it's some sense from a blind tasting perspective of you know some chance of being able to identify them in blind tasting, and then you didn't quite know which expression from that distillery was going to come your way. Wow. So you had this period. It was abject terror, uh, honestly. <laughs> um, uh, when I sat down for the first five minutes, it was like. I should go now. I've locked up. I, I can't move. I can't think. And then, and then you sort of calm down. You go back to your your fundamentals, and you and you're working way through it. And then the um, the oral exam was you just sit, and these six or eight or four or five, however many people are in the judging panel, uh, just pepper you with with questions until you can't speak or blink or anything anymore oh and gosh. then uh, at the end of that uh, that experience the the it's over two days you got the, the oral exam the blind tasting and the written uh, at the end the, the the judges all go away and they deliberate and they decide did this person uh, meet the objective requirements uh, to be to be you know awarded a master scotch uh, designation and i was fortunate uh, enough to uh, to garner that designation so yeah, it's and it's not it is not a cheap exam, uh, but it was it was certainly okay. well worth the experience. Please tell me you expensed it. <laughs> um, uh, you know uh, that the company was kind enough to, uh, to 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 cover that expense for me. Um, I'm glad I passed because there might have been a difficult discussion. Yeah, uh, right. about reimbursement, reimbursement had I not. Yes, it's a one-time thing, Indeed. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it was, fun. it was a great. 2022 was a great year. Congratulations, Congratulations on that. that Thank was you. Very, very I appreciate impressive. that very and much. Well deserved. I got to be honest. If I hear you were that stressed out, I'm never. I couldn't even. I'm never sitting down because nope. if you're stressed out about it, I don't belong. Like your <laughs> your knowledge is so high compared to most people I know. It's like, geez, you guys have a really unique uh, opportunity. You taste everybody's whiskey from everywhere all the time. And, and one of the things that they taught us during this thing was if you want to get good at blind tasting, it's like anything else. It's like calisthenics. You just have to do it and do it and do it and practice and yeah. keep your chops together. Keep your, your palate developing and keep your Rolodex of flavor and aromatic true. experiences fresh and That's updated true. on a regular basis, That's which true. is what you guys do. It's your That's whole, true. it's your whole model. So you're more well positioned for this. I would say the blind tasting was the hardest part. So you're well positioned for that. Well, you 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 have some clarity there, but there's some doubt there. We are old. <laughs> I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, yes, right yeah. now. So I mean, I don't know if I can remember. You know, but you're you're absolutely right, though. I mean, a lot a lot of tastings. I mean, we we suck. I'll just say it is, but it is. But a lot of it's going back to. It's not even so much, it's like a twofer, right? It's, it's what am I getting out of this that might hint to something that I've had before speaking to your Rolodex. And that's really kind of the two things like, oh, that's Buna or that's because of the chocolate or that's so-and-so. It's one of those little things you make connections to. And if you don't, if you stop doing it for a while, you forget about those connections. But yeah, yeah. I, the difference is when he sat down to take that, you you cared, it mattered. 
I we, exactly. we sit here and I'm going to rattle off what I think and what I feel and I'm objective. But at the end of the day, there's no right or wrong. I'm going to go home and go to sleep anyway. And I'm not gonna you. You're like, holy yes. crap, I get this wrong and I blow the test. Right now yes. there's it, it mean it's meaningful. And, and furthermore, when it comes down to those, those tasting notes, I think you're right, Drew. We're really good at, at pulling um, a memory of, oh, this has got this from, and I remember it from that. My problem is I can't tell you where that flavor came from. Dan can. Dan says, oh, that comes from the really short stills, and yes. it comes from there two and a half times distilling. And, and you're like, well, that's a good thing to know. I just, um, <laughs> yes. You see yeah. what but, he but he takes that to the next level. Right. Uh, we we matrix a little bit of it based off of the the front, if you will, the the tasting notes and memorabilia. He goes from the tasting notes and memorabilia and the, the foundation line. of like, well, that's because the barley was smoked two times that day. Right. <laughs> they harvested <laughs> yeah. on August eighth. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. I, I, I'm good with the tasting notes, but my, my Rolodex doesn't bring in the distillery as well. So I, that's where I think I would it's have different. to study. Is that I, I can pull notes and I can I can even understand some of the science of what creates those notes, but then what distillery is known for that? It's just research, it's just practice, like you said. Yeah, yeah. It's ch just channeling your energies. Uh, there's yeah, there's exactly. an organization called the Wine and Spirits Education Trust that's that's got a a really good and regimented education element oh, okay. for train and palate training, aromatic recognition, uh, a spirits evaluation. Um, so they've got a, a number of levels. The 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 highest level they've got at this point is is what's called uh, level three uh, spirits. That I, I took that this year in in whatever it was April or something, and it was an incredible it was an incredible experience. So anybody out there, if you're interested in in developing that palate sensitivity and palate awareness, mm -hmm. uh, the Wine and Spirits Education Trust um, uh, tasting rubric. Uh, is is oh, pretty spot on in terms of helping you make that. Yeah, make that really let me ask you: Do you have a, a nosing kit at home? I do. Yeah, I've got the uh, Lanesda whiskey here. Uh, uh, the it's made by oh crap, I can't think of who it is. It's is the it one, the big one, the eighty some that odd? Has the yeah that has the number on the on it. Yeah, um, uh, which uh, there's a there's a Lanesda wine as well. Uh, but the and it's an expensive kit. It's like five hundred bucks, but it's a, it's a terrific resource uh, and a really good aromatic recognition training. Because mm -hmm. Andrew has one that's got eighty some odd um, scents in it, and when I had COVID a couple of years ago and lost my sense of smell, I actually borrowed it from him, and I poured out. I want to say six of the really more common notes where, you know, clove or ginger or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I blinded them in little bitty glasses and I put them on my desk at work. And I'd say five or six times during the middle of the day, I would just grab one ginger. Mm -hmm. Damn. No, you know what I mean? And <laughs> right. I, was, I literally, I was trying to retrain my nose because I lost it. <laughs> yeah. And a, and a lot of folks had the rewiring, the anosmia uh, side effects of, of, uh, what was it uh, like Delta variant that really messed with your right, uh, yeah, aromatic yeah. recognition. So you had to do that. It's like uh, having a stroke and learning to talk all over again. You know, you had yep. to kind of rebuild those synaptic yep. connections in order to, to create those bridges, those recognition bridges. So well done to you. Yeah. I can't afford to not have it. I like to review Scott. No one's going to believe my review. Oh, you'll be fine. You'll yeah. be fine. So I can't taste or smell this, but I'll give this a I'll three star. I'll keep mine. Sure's a pretty color. Right. <laughs> right. Good. So, to switch gears, Dan, I want to ask you, did you pay any attention? And you can say no, because you were really busy. Yeah, it was 2022 was a busy year for you. But last year, we got this wild and crazy idea from one of our patrons, who's actually in the chat. Uh, Everwind, and we had this series that it was called King of the Hill. Um, and did you catch any of these videos? Do you know I, the premise? So I dropped into them, but I know I lay it out for me because I wasn't quite sure what I was watching. So we had what four or five categories. Uh, one of them actually didn't count because it was Irish, and we weren't going to include. We that, were but, we were kind of spitballing at the first, then we kind of figured it out. But yeah, we really so four we major heated, yeah, sharied. Um, Blend. uh, blends and then just straight X bourbon oh, yeah. bottles. Right. Um, and basically we had a, a, a versus a blind versus every week in a certain category. And it, the winner was the king for that week and the losers out, you're done. And so people were submitting bottles and we tried to make bottles um, like, in other words, like priced and like mm -hmm. aged and like self so availability. 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 So all, is very important. Most of these bottles were ones you could get on most 
whiskey shelves. I yeah. mean, not, not every, every store is going to have it, but a, a good whiskey shop, even a moderate whiskey shop will probably have most of these bottles. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, there was some big hitters. There were some that, that failed that we thought were going to do good. And then there were some that just surprised us and just kept winning week oh, after week God. after week. And we're like, holy, sh this thing's killing. We were and, really dumb. And let me tell times. you, your employer's making good whiskey. Yeah, man. <laughs> good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, what was it? La, 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 La Santa? Santa won weeks after week after week. It, 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 it honestly blew us away because obviously they're, they're good, great bottles, but. We had no idea. There were some sherry bombs that, that I really expected to just run the table. And Lasanta came in there it and said, came get in out of the way. like the bull, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I think that the, the unique thing about the Lasanta is it, it had lots of nuance to it that made it hold up wow. against the, the sherry bombs in some cases because it had these other flavors in it that just really are, it, it rounded it out. I think the right? interesting thing about the whole thing is it, it was great for our audience because it, it kind of reinforced there's still great bottles out there you don't have to go find these one-offs no. and they're staples right and i can i can't tell you how many comments we got on glen moten and nasanta and saying i'm buying this and keeping my bar now because it's such a good great it, it's an everyday bar. drinker and it's a it's a surprisingly really good cool. whiskey for the right. price yeah. you can find it you can afford it and I'll be damned if it doesn't stand up to some of those other bottles. Couldn't believe I, it. It was very shocking. I don't know how many times we said at the end of a show, we turned the cameras off and like, man, we got to call Dan. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know. Yeah, it was crazy. So, That's great yeah. to hear. And we obviously, we appreciate the opportunity uh, to show what we're capable of in a, in a forum like that. So uh, on behalf of the brand, thank you all. And, and to your viewers. Thank it you was, all for it was a very fun a thing. We might revisit it with a twist next time. Uh, we, we're going to do something else like that. I mean, it took us nine months. I think we with that that whole wow. series went um, because then at the end we gave our our patrons and our subscribers the opportunity to vote to bring a bottle back. You know, so mm. they were really in love with a bottle that yeah. lost and like it got cheated. It belongs it's in like the champion. <laughs> you know, March Madness. But yeah. <laughs> and so nice. it stretched it out a little bit longer and we ended it during the holidays and we had a really good time with it. But um, very, very surprising. Actually, because of King of the Hill, I literally have a Lasanta that is a regular daily drinker. Oh, yeah. I mean, so oh, I've got right it about a third now. I got to go buy another. one. It's just I was like, I got to have this. It's too good. Yeah, that's great. Good. Well, good. That's, we want to give you some time for sure to talk about, you know, some new things coming out with Glenn Orange, et cetera, and some other things you've got coming on. But before we do that, I want to really kind of pivot to the whole topic of tonight yeah. because we got some Sing replay people. Yeah. So let's talk. Well, how do you want to split this? Man, that's how do you want to start this off? You want to talk about just scotch and no, I mean we can just dive right in. Obviously, you're very well versed, Dan, in in scotch, right? Uh I, there's no doubt about that. But Scotch is whiskey. Uh, and, and here in the States, you know, bourbon rules, really, you know, the rise are, are hot. That, But American single malts are starting to make a little bit of a wave, right? Yes. And we really want to get on top of that wave and really kind of be there for it when it hits. So we're starting this year, we're committing ourselves to getting to know American single malts. But what's what's different about them than scotch, other than the fact that one's made in Scotland, one's made in America? Um, and what are the similarities and what are the differences and, and why should we care or should we care or how is it affecting the scotch industry? What are they thinking about over? What are they talking about? Over a lot of on, on that yeah, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a <laughs> bunch of different ways we can go with this, but you're in the industry. This is you're, you're right. living and breathing this every day. So, you know, kind of open the door for us and what, what, what you think. Yeah, you know the the people that do what I do for a living uh, on on both the single malt Scotch whiskey and the straight bourbon straight rye side of things, their job is to describe what uh, what we're seeing today in terms of what happened hundreds of years ago. This is it's a bit like the the Webb telescope. Uh, you can see the effects of the Big Bang, but it was so long ago that you weren't there. You're just seeing the effects of it. What we're seeing now is the birth of a category. This is like watching a star be born, but we're here to see it as opposed to having to wait for the light from a distant star to right. show up through the telescope. We're here to watch a new thing being born. And that is, uh, if, if I was in that side of the industry, and, and I'm not, and I'm still going to be talking about it, that is such a unique opportunity to watch a thing come to life and to develop 
under the watchful eye of its own producers. This I did this American Single Malt Whiskey Commission. They are seeing what's what we've done. No, at least in part, in part of the reference materials that they must have used in order to, to produce their strategy. The relationship between the Scotch Whiskey Association and the distillers is tenuous, but constructive because it gives a basis and it also gives a context for innovation and evolution. Yes, so that absolutely. it's not scattergun. The evolution happens in a framework so that you are you're everybody's working towards the goal of the compelling evolution of this new category, but you don't want to allow for so many viewpoints and such a scattering of the visible light coming from that category to allow it to dissipate its forward momentum like that. So this standard of identity thing is, I think, a key learning of how the distillers in Scotland and the Scotch, uh, the, the Scotch Whiskey Association get along in a tenuous but constructive way. So these guys went to these people, these, these humans, went to the TTB and said, we want to be a part of the rulemaking. We want to build our own uh, guide rails, but we don't necessarily want to build in so many restrictions that this thing becomes a thing and only a thing when there are so many people involved with it, have so many creative visions and so many directions they'd like to pull it. Oh, awesome. We'd just yes. like all the dogs to be pulling us led, but a bunch of dogs so that the momentum serves the category, but it doesn't run itself into redundant circles and dissipate a bunch of energy and lose the focus of what the category means in a soup of rampant creativity. So I think it's absolutely genius what's happening it's right poetry, now. Right? It is and it, and it is true. We're watching it is is a. I, I love the way you explain that because it is. There's a a rough framework, but there's lots of room. Lots of. So room. I was looking through the rules room. tonight, and and the the rules for American single malt are aligned with Scotch whiskey, but they're not the same. Okay. And there's a big difference. So what are those? So uh, the American single malt whiskey it has to be distilled in the U.S. You know, okay, okay that's fine. Um, must be 100% malted barley. Sure. Okay. Um, now, the, the, here's where it gets interesting. Uh, distillation proof at not more than 160 proof. So that limits your distillation choices. It, so you can't distill it more than 160 proof. So you can't just like use a neutral grain spirit and go from there. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um Stored in oak barrels, not exceeding 700 liters. So it, it says oak barrels, nothing else. Okay. So it can be. So it doesn't matter what was in those oak barrels before, like the Scotch new, Whiskey Association it can be old, says. It can, it can be, only be yeah. these. Um, and, no, and no larger than 700 liters. And then um, now the thing that's interesting here, in addition, allowable coloring, flavoring, and blending materials would be permitted. So that could be sketchy, maybe. Well, I mean, they allow they allow blend, they allow they in scotch. That, yeah, you can not in a single malt. Well, color you can color single right. malt, but you can't blend it. You can't oh. flavor it. So that's okay, going to be an perspective. Okay. So what what so what are the what is scotch uh, the Scotch Whiskey Association or I'm sorry what are the what is the industry the Scotch Whiskey in, uh, Association not the association industry, industry thinking about that kind of. New, the nuanced differences between scotch. And if I had to uh, speculate as to what the what the folks on the production side of things think, the license holding distilleries in Scotland think of that, I think they probably think that it's an interesting amalgamation of uh, American straight bourbon and rye rules, single malt scotch whiskey rules, and the Wild West. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. to a degree, the idea that you would leave the door open for flavorings. That's huge. Uh, to me, what that suggests is um, key learnings from American craft spirits, uh, the American yeah. craft spirits uh, groundswell. Yeah, um, I agree. Grass movement. I like, think like it shows honey and things like that. I think it shows a certain trust in, for the consumer's d uh, powers of discernment, uh, which, I, which I like. Uh, mm. The idea that 
we can do a thing. It to me, it feels a little bit like, uh, 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 and Dr. Bill's a big proponent of this. I will consider any legal thing and even some illegal things if it puts a delicious thing in the bottle. And I <laughs> yeah, think that should be that's, on a shirt. <laughs> that's what's that's what's important at the end of the day. Uh, is something delicious and compelling uh, and evocative going into the bottle? Uh, I was just on a on a thing right before this with a with a whiskey enthusiast group. We were talking a lot about marketing. Be damned. Trust your palate. If you right. trust your palate, then all of the dis, the all of the um, the uh, what would you call it the um, uh, deceptive marketing campaigns and the massaging of language that shows up on whiskey bottles doesn't matter. Try it and trust your palate. If it's good liquid to you, then they put a good they put a successful thing in the bottle. Just because a thing a court's controversy by doing this that and the other, try it and decide for yourself. And I think that that rule, they could have just as easily been purist about it and said, why would we allow that? That's, that is, that is not a purist mentality that invites adulteration, but they didn't because they felt like, okay, but what if there's something, what if we're cutting off a limb here when we don't even know what the body looks like? Mm. That's the bit that I think is intriguing. Yeah, I think that's right. And the and the, and the adding of, of flavorings or stuff like that, mm-hmm. though. I mean, I guess is my initial response is I don't like it. I no, that's that's bull. You know, you need to stop that. I, but then I flip it around and look from the other lens, and I say, you know what? Let it happen because if what it produces is bad, the market will tell it it's bad, and it will go okay. away. <laughs> yeah. See, see, the interesting <laughs> thing about think. that is the other rules make it. <clears throat> So that you are, you have somewhat of an expensive product in that it's got to be malted barley, which the yield is not nearly as good as some of the other grains. And um, you can only distill it to a proof of 160 or less. So you can't just create a neutral grain spirit and add a bunch of flavoring to it and makes a fireball. I mean, this is, this is the kind of the point is that you've got an expensive, you're putting expensive um, ingredients into your whiskey to make it a single malt that then to put a bunch of fake flavoring over it. If you want a fake flavored whiskey, you can do that a lot cheaper with neutral grain. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what fireball is. Right? Yeah. Yep. And so you've got a whole bunch of people who have devoted their now their lives uh, in certain cases, their life savings, but at least a bunch of people's uh, uh, venture capital mm-hmm. into the, into the nucleus of the, of the generation of this new category. And so somebody comes along and decides they want to do uh, American single malt fireball. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of people looking at. There's a lot of eyes on that ball. Yeah, it's not that, it's not to say that it isn't going to happen because there's yeah. there's always somebody looking to make a quick buck, and there's always somebody looking to appeal yeah. to uh, to to try to sit here and tell you that fireball doesn't sell millions and millions of oh cases. Oh my god, billions yeah. of dollars would be. Yeah. Would be fundamentally lying for me. It'd be. It'd be. T- if I if I sat through the entirety of the Grammys and didn't didn't want to die because <laughs> I thought most of the music was utter garbage, that's on me to a degree because I'm I'm a middle aged. I'm this, and I'm not the target audience and all that kind of stuff. The idea that things have to be a certain way in order for them to be legitimate is is an elitist point of view, and I totally get that. But with whiskey, I think you've got to be, I think there's a certain self-policing because the appeal of whiskey is its is its is the interaction between nature, mankind, science, organic chemistry, uh, time, and uh, and creativity. So if you if you can put all those things together, you cannot leave nature in the back seat. You can't leave raw ingredients in the back seat. You've got, you can't leave time or wood or all of these natural elements in the back seat and pretend that you have all of this uh, usurped control and then expect that what goes into the bottle doesn't taste like usurped control. Right. Now, that puts the onus on the consumer to say, uh, I used to, we used to have this, it's not an issue, it was just a reality in Nebraska when I was working on the distributor side. The best selling spirit uh, in Nebraska at that point. Was Captain Morgan? 
and I had to represent it. So I had to go to these license holding accounts. And for the most part, I'd have to explain it as this is a box of profit. Let's not think too much about this. It's a box of profit. But in the places that were making good cocktails, I had to take a different tack. And that different tack was, if you don't like that, change it. Make something happen that gets people's attention off of Captain Morgan and onto something that you want them to pay attention to. That's on you. Make that happen. And I think it's on these people to make that happen, to yeah, draw attention right. where attention is due. So where, where do you think it where do you think we're going here with American single malts? Fast forward 12 months, 24 months, where do you see it at? I think that we will see this category continue to make major gains. Uh, in terms of uh, eyeballs on it, um, it is it has it has a bunch of words in it that people already recognize, but they don't recognize True. them in that combination. True. So they're used to the idea of American whiskeys. They're used to the idea of single malts. It's not like you're introducing a word that is foreign to the consumer, right. just mm -hmm. in a different combination, which makes it intriguing, uh, uh, intrinsically intriguing to the bulk of the whiskey consumers that are already out there. So I can't, I cannot see that this isn't anything but a uh, 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 win on top of a win on top of a win. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be, I think the standard bearers um, are going to continue to carry the bulk of the weight on their shoulders for the next few years, at least until the new producers have mature product in the bottle and can go toe to toe with these guys. But I would, I, I would be remiss in not, you know, in not pointing out, that uh who is it the those guys that make the notch they've got a 15 year old product in the bottle they've been making american single malt for 15 right. years before anybody yeah. gave a rat's right. ass the right. guys at stranahan's the guys at westland they were yep. in this kind of guys at clear creek mccarthy's uh, this this bottle of mccarthy's i've owned for at least 15 years so there are people who have done wow. the work who have grounded out then now they're seeing the fruits of not only their labors but they have absolutely paved the way for a countless number yeah. and some will it's there be attrition some will run some will fall by the wayside just like what happened with american craft whiskey some a load of people joined the battle lots of them didn't know what the hell they were doing and the and the market sort of weeded that out so i think i think the, I think the future is very bright i think it's a weirdly opportunistic timing thing too if you think about it right because the the whole bourbon craze if that's what we're calling it right it's it's still pretty hot it's still, thing. It's still a huge, thing huge. uh and, and it's it's like I, it's unbelievable the amount of fomo it's going out there because of it it's like crazy but because of that you have increased interest in whiskey in, whiskey in general right. and i think i think scotch has, has you know benefited benefited from, from that so, and i think people are going to quickly to your point dan jump on the american single malt bandwagon sure. once they realize what it is, what it represents, because I yep. think that to me is a huge thing. And going back to a couple of conversations earlier about, you know, it, it's still technically single malt. They're still kind of following the same tried and true methods for the most part, but mm -hmm. they're trying to label it American and they're trying to be creative enough to make it. I'm a bad analogy, but to make it that fireball marketing piece too, that takes off. And once it takes off, I feel that this bourbon, craziness is going to quickly jump on that bandwagon and then all of a sudden you're going to see all these you know new new companies but also the strain of hands and everything else really skyrocket in those 15 years they've got back there they're going those, to be happy those will start that. going like yeah, happy so right. happy about that exactly there's one angle that has maybe not been considered here from the consumer's point of view uh if you look at the exponential uh growth of uh straight bourbon and straight rye brands um and the number of them that are built on source whiskey you cannot do that in american single malt you cannot invent a brand and then source the whiskey for it you've got to build that from the ground yeah. up so oh these, this, this um, unbelievable array of whoever the hell it is um somebody's great grandfather's drawer had a thing in it and we went to mgp and built a brand you right. cannot do that in american <laughs> single malt and american no. consumers are, are are getting 
the American whiskey consumers are getting tired of the sensory overload of trying to figure out, okay, there's a new bourbon brand out there. It's getting some great reviews. Oh, yeah, is yeah. it sourced? Is it not? Is it, it, does it, do they have a distillery? Is it just a warehouse and a, and a made up thing about some gangster somewhere? There's getting sick <laughs> of having to do the homework to keep yeah. getting hoodwinked. The American single malt category represents an impossibility in terms of getting hoodwinked in that That's way. It. Well, is, is that true, true. though? I mean, the, I can you so. not buy a uh, single malt uh, whiskey from MGP? That's a good point. And I, I don't know if you can purchase mature, uh, mature no. thoroughbred no. single malt scotch or single malt American whiskey for MGP. I haven't done the homework to know that. And it's possible. Yeah. Certainly possible. Because the, the thing that's unique about this is single malt American whiskey, American single malt whiskey, it has to be brewed. Uh, distilled aged and bottled in the u.s mm -hmm. but if i'm in seattle i can get whiskey out a lot faster if i age it in texas well that's what i was gonna say and so you can yep. you can yep. you can source your whiskey somewhere anywhere in the u.s yes. you can age it anywhere in the u.s and call your brand so that there's that creativity there there there's that Absolutely. opportunity there and there's also no minimum age for american single malt whiskey so you can have, if you can do it That's quickly another, in Texas or Florida yeah. or someplace, that, yeah. that helps your brand potentially. Absolutely. So there's yep. there's that that point there, but you never know. I, I was just going to add too, I think it's important to think about this is in, in referencing, referencing back to our, our true passion of scotch, right? And what it is. And to me, I mean, to, to, to keep it as vanilla as possible, the regions and to your point of locations and what makes scotch so great I love that. is because of the regions, right? And you can Absolutely. you can go crazy detailed into the distilleries and all the crazy details about that. But we don't have that here yet. I mean, you can talk about Japanese whiskey in other places and, you know, yeah. same kind of concept. But American, God, I, I think, you know, we got bourbon and I don't get me wrong, see. it's good. But I can totally see America having a regional type oh, yeah. whiskey. So you consider yes. you got you got like Minnesota barley, Texas aged, uh, with Missouri oak, oh, um, yeah, single malt. You know, some one of those. One of yeah. those. It's like it's like a, a a total national brand because you're taking the best parts of the entire country and using it to make your whiskey. I mean, how right. awesome would it be to say this is you know. The, the Northeast is nothing but sherry. And then in the North, I don't even know. Right. But I mean, there's, there's some yeah. effect like that. There's, there's opportunity. There. Well, the irony is, is you, you want to see that happen, but, and over the, over the pond in Scotland, they've got that. It's been there for years and we all know the regions and we all say they have their own distinct characteristics, no, but even that's starting to go away. <laughs> uh, that's true. I mean, because, of the fact of sourcing and aging in different regions, you know, I mean, and buying grain from everywhere and buying peat from here and there. And, I mean, you know, sure. But I mean, still for the most part, you can, you know, how many scotches do we get? And we're like, Oh, there's a space side, you know, but yeah. So there we're, are we're, some are you getting fooled. You fool us again. <laughs> well, no, in 150 years when the American single malt has aged. <laughs> so right. one, one final question on the topic though, um, is, is do you know if the Scotch Whiskey Association, you know, how the Scotch industry is feeling towards this whole thing? Are they fearing it? Are they embracing it? Are they working with it, against it? I think if you were to sit down with the SWA or a, a group of uh, distillers or distillery owners in Scotland, they would by and large agree that anybody putting good whiskey in a bottle raises all boats. Uh, to your point, oh, yeah. the, the popularity of, of straight bourbons, straight rise, uh, American craft spirits, whatever it is, if it has the word whiskey on it and it draws more people's attention to it and what's in the bottle has enough inherent quality to get people intrigued and coming back, then today's consumer is far less brand loyal than you know, guys my age or my dad's age or whatever, who were like, give me my cutty and just piss off. They, those <laughs> those consumers don't exist anymore. They're promiscuous yeah, right. by their own nature. And I think that that's fantastic. If American single malt begins to really catch fire, then the inherently promiscuous nature of today's whiskey consumer means good for us. We're in a good position to capitalize on that, just like they're in a good position to capitalize on the idea that single malt whiskey is something that we made desirable starting 500 years ago. 
right? Yeah, good we point. we as in Scotch whiskey, I'm, I'm an American, but I mean the people that I represent yeah. are representative of a timeline that goes back five six hundred oh, years. Yeah, yes. And so, for the record, I, just to save your your old man's palate, you know, '80s Cuddy was pretty good. <laughs> it, it was good. It, it was it was very good. A huge, huge difference. I'm sure I told you guys the story about finding a bottle of uh, a flask of Seagram 7 from the 60s stuck in a wall when I was doing a bathroom renovation. Oh, my God. Did I tell you about that? It was all covered in cobwebs, and it was like two-thirds empty, but there was a bit left. And I was working at the distributor representing DeAndre brands at the time, so I had modern-day Seagram 7 sitting there. And so I tried the two of them side by side, and sorry to our friends at DeAndre, but holy cow. The Seagram 7 that was in that cobweb-covered flask from the 60s was outstanding. It was really good whiskey. It was fantastic it, whiskey. It, and unfortunately, it, what was in the bottle today is not. It's it's obvious. The the older blends were leaps and bounds better so now. Think about what was going into those. Better than there wasn't, you know, there weren't these, you know, age statements. So they were putting good old whiskey. <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly in the eighties when they couldn't get rid of, uh, you know, when there was so damn much whiskey sitting there, not getting sold, the blends yeah, from the eighties would be outstanding by comparison. Right. Yeah. So, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up on the hour, but I want to broach back into the future of what's mm -hmm. going on in dance yep. world. Glenmo. Um, what do you guys have on the horizon? You just got done doing a couple of tail whiskeys. I know we had the tail of cake uh, and enjoyed it. Haven't had the forest yet. Ah, uh, yes. So um, that little gem there, uh, I was having that earlier today with uh, with a group, and it's it's a uh, it's wild. Uh, let me know what you think of it. Uh, unvarnished opinions welcome because it is a well, device. What's, what's unique about it? What what what? Why is it wild? Why are you you giving me this? Here's what we did. Uh, with Glamorangi, a tale of the forest, we put together a whiskey that, and it's our comfort zone, frankly, that pissed off the SWA relatively uh, aggressively that because <laughs> of the way that it was produced. So uh, our master distiller, uh, Dr. Bill Lemsden, had done a fairly tremendous amount of research in terms of the sort of the wisdom of the ancients in the early days of the modern Scotch whiskey industry back, you know, mid 1700s. And so what would their production processes have been like? You would have had to dry barley, you would have had a kiln, but you would have burned whatever the hell you could find. So oh. the idea of finding combust combustible materials that were relevant to the, to the space it, that the distillery occupies were an early form of, to a degree, terroir. So, because you're using these locally, these these locally and regionally sourced combustible materials in your kiln. So that's what we did. We took 300 tons of barley up to our pals at Simpsons Malt uh, in Inverness, and we said, "Here's what we want to do. We want to shove the 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 kiln full of yes, some peat, which is unique." For Glamorgia, we don't do a lot of peated whiskeys. Uh, but we also want to toss in there some other combustible materials that are representative of the area, including uh, birch bark, uh, heather flowers, and juniper berries. So I we, and it turns out, juniper berries are super flammable. Uh, so <laughs> yes, they are. That helped a lot. So uh, about 85% of the of the combustible fuel material in the, in the, in the kiln was peat. The other 15% made up of those other three combustibles. Uh, and that's what the barley was exposed to. That 300 tons of, of uniquely peated barley came back to Glamorangie, was distilled over the course of a week uh, into uh, uh, new make. That was dropped into refill X bourbon oak. So at least second fill, if not most, more than likely third fill. Because when Bill messes with barley, he uses tired oak. So the, the barley is the story and not the wood. Yep, so bottle at 46 ABV. This one uh, is has seen 10 years in, in relatively knackered ex-bourbon oak. But the barley story, that's the, the, the unique set of combustibles that make up mm. uh, at least the kiln-driven flavor characteristics of what make uh, uh, Tale of the Forest unique. I think you'll find it to be really compelling. Even so you're telling me it tastes like smoked gin? I wouldn't. I, 
No comment. <laughs> okay, so that, that was, so I've not I've not even read any any I, I details did, I on saw it. So that's it. interesting. I like your description. That's I saw really it on a shelf in Ohio, and and I was out. You know, it was holiday season, so I didn't buy it, and I didn't know anything more than that. Other than all right, we're gonna have to grab a bottle yeah, at some point. Fair. I should have grabbed it. Is this readily available still? Not super readily. Um, we're getting towards it because it was launched in um, I think November. Uh, and there were less than 4,000 cases produced total, total. Mm. Uh, okay. So, you know, sort of grab it while you can. Yeah, um, we'll, find one. we'll find one around. And, All right. And we'll chase with another tale of come November-ish. So we'll we'll get on the on the, the interwebs and find and it. And find it ASAP. Yeah. If we do run into a snag, um, we I'll might be I, up for the I'll sample or two of these. So I'll we can get it reviewed yep. because, uh, you know, not only are we committed to doing American single malts, but we're – committed to getting back on the pony of re-reviewing scotch, yeah. scotch. And I say re-reviewing cause there's not that many things out there. Not that's a lot new stuff. Yeah. Um, fair. Come. Tail forces is, is an example, but we're going to go back and we're going to do some re-reviews with a twist. We're going to go and re-review our, some of our fun bottles blind and see if they oh, come out. Nice. Stand, remember them. <laughs> Stand the test of time. Yeah, that, yeah. Those blind reviews. So that's the thing we learned last year. Those blind reviews oh tell gosh. you the truth. They're humbling. You, know, humbling. you are not guided by brand. You're not guided by ABV. Nope. You just pull it all out of the air and you're like, okay, here we go. Yep. <laughs> that's the best way to taste whiskey, honestly. It is. Yeah. I think it is. I think it absolutely is because it's telling you, it is telling you an unadulterated story of itself in your yeah, voice. Exactly. In your um, uh, unbiased and unadulterated voice, so it's yeah. the cleanest, it's the purest, it's the story. And if you can do that and and lay bare uh, your vulnerabilities in that way, I think it's it's really connective. It's 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 making yourself vulnerable so that other people can feel vulnerable, so that they can feel more empowered to continue their whiskey journey without feeling okay. ashamed to do it. Like the first couple times you're stuck on it, and we're to the point where I don't, I, you know, I. I will readily admit I'm probably wrong when I blind taste this, but that's not even true. You're never wrong when you blind taste. You can't. You're, you're it's true. Yeah. You can't mess it up. So, infallibly correct. Right. But, um, wow, man. So good, good conversation about this whole American single malt scotch thing. Uh, I think we're pleasantly intrigued and, and have intrigued high expectations sure. about the American single malt journey that we're on. Obviously we're not going to get off the scotch pony. So, um, no. But hold we these guys to, to a high standard. That's I mean, yeah. what you can do is hold these guys to a high standard. That's right. That's, That's right. Correct. What what yeah. what are we going to see Dan do in the very near future? Anything? Ooh, golly. Um, I I'll be at Arizona Cocktail Weekend. Uh, we're doing all the whiskey X's across the country this year, um, which will be a lot of fun. Eleven cities across the country uh, between now and the year, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, they're the Chicago the closest Indiana. Which one's the best one to hit, Dan? Yes. We've done um, the best one. What's the best one to go? We've done New York. To, we've done come Chicago. to Vegas. Come to Vegas in October. It's the it's the biggest Ooh, one. Oh, Vegas is a lot of fun. Vegas event is is a lot of fun. Um so that's happening. Uh golly, I'm sure there's some other stuff that I'm totally forgetting. Uh oh, damn it, something. Uh, oh, um uh next week I sit for a a, a sherry certification exam. Of all Ooh. things, so we should talk about that at some point. Uh, 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 whiskey's uh, whiskey's relationship to sherry casks and and what's where the BS can be smelled. Uh, we Ooh. should talk. Oh, about that. I'm sure it's thick too. I'm sure that's a thick conversation. Sounds like we needed yeah. a show with Dan on. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about fellowship too. Oh, American, still, oh, we'll see. Done. American yeah, we malt, should. American single malt still shape is not defined. Nope. Dun, dun, Nor dun, dun. is the is the construction material. It could be it could Correct. be a column still. As long exactly. as you, it probably wouldn't be a column still because you get that have upper limit. And after more, hours, no more than one hundred sixty-eight. Have you ever met Doctor Scotch? Oh yeah. The other, the other guys good. are going. What's whiskey talk? Very good. Let's sign off with uh, with our, our our subscribers, everyone that's watching. We'll catch you in the green room in just a hot second, and and finish up with you, and and maybe have a dram before we go over to our post show. Yep, sounds, sounds good. good. Dan, it's great seeing you again. We'll have you Man. on a couple more times this year if you're good. Looking with that. good. Awesome. Congratulations, Please, on let me know. 22, brother. 
Thanks, man, and congratulations on uh, pushing 70,000 subscribers. You guys are, are the salt of the earth in terms of this industry. We owe you a tremendous debt of gratitude. Oh, I love Thank you. Love you. Love you. Love you. See you. Three, two, one.